pregnancy, I think, is really idealized. And then as soon as you have the baby, it's, okay, well, when are you going to lose the weight? And there's fixation on body and food and everything you should be doing. So um, I really have that sweet spot of my training as a dietitian. And then also my experience as a mom, as being able to help support moms during that really vulnerable phase. You are listening to The Pumping Podcast, and I am your host, Jessica Lorian. This week, I sit down with Mama Jaren Soloff. She's a registered dietitian who focuses on eating disorders, and she's also a lactation consultant. And most importantly, she just had a new book released at the end of December, and I am so excited to share it with you. It's called The Postnatal Cookbook. We talk about the importance of focusing on you during this fourth trimester. So much is focused on the baby, and it's time that we focus on you. How to fill your body with the important vitamins that you need and nutrients to keep your body strong for both you and your baby. She answers a lot of important questions about how to feed yourself, how to keep yourself strong and healthy, and push away the thought of losing weight and focus more so on how to just keep yourself strong and nutritious. And mamas, I have a very exciting announcement with this episode. There's going to be a book giveaway. I love a good book giveaway. And so make sure that you check out the show notes to enter on Instagram for your chance to win a free copy of the postnatal cookbook. It can be good for you or a friend. I have one and I'm not even pregnant yet. So I just can't wait to try some of the recipes. So make sure you check that out in the show notes. Without further ado, here is Jaren. Here we are, we are in the new year, and I'm so excited to share my guest with you today. Today, I am speaking with Jaren Soloff, a mama, of course, a registered dietitian, an international board-certified lactation consultant, who I am so excited. I think she's going to have so much good information for us. Welcome, welcome, Jaren. I'm so grateful for you to be here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm just really excited about what you're doing for moms and hoping that this can be helpful for anyone listening in. Absolutely. So I want to dive into Jaren's story a little bit, and we're going to go back into her story and journey as a mom. But first, I need to say huge congratulations because you have a new book that just hit the shelves, (laughs) so to speak, on December 29th of 2020. It's called The Postnatal Cookbook. I am so excited to take a look. You've sent me a little sneak peek, so I've already uh, read through a little bit of it. But basically, it offers up simple and nutritious recipes to nourish your body and spirit during the fourth trimester. What a cool, specific thing to focus on for moms. Tell us about how this came about. Yes, thank you. I'm so thrilled. It's been such a labor of love, but um, really just amazing to go through the process. And it was such a neat opportunity because it's such a part of my niche and what I do with women and my practice, which, you know, I know we'll talk a little bit more about, but it, I was actually approached by the publisher, um, on this specific topic because of the work that I did. And they, um, it was so funny. I kept saying to my fiance that I kept feeling like it was like 
this thing, like do publishers really approach you just out of nowhere to write a book. Like, does that <laughs> really? Um, and I kept like questioning it until I really like signed the contract. And I was like, okay, this is a real thing. It's happening. Um, so yeah, you know, it was just out of a need, um, in the, the market and the, the book world of there's not a lot out there on postpartum nutrition. We hear so much about pregnancy, right. And our needs, but there's really not recommendations or guidelines on how to help replenish and recover from birth. So, you know, and, and the term postnatal is pretty similar to postpartum. They're pretty interchangeable. Um, so it's just really focusing on what are some of the nutrition concerns and things that can help support recovery during that time. Something that you say on here is replenish and rejuvenate your postpartum body with these 75, holy moly, easy mm -hmm. healing and protein rich recipes designed with new moms in mind. So that makes me think they seem fairly easy, fairly quick. They have to be. I they mean, have to be. <laughs> so, yes, they have to be. We are not going, you know, 20 steps and, you know, complex ingredients. And that was really important to me because, you know, and maybe we can talk about this a, a little bit more too, but the information that we do have around postpartum nutrition, um, you know, is a little bit more complex. So, herbs, you know, special ingredients, special healing and rituals, which are a lot from like, you know, different non-Western practices and cultures, which are amazing. Um, and at the same time, it's tricky to make sure that we're not overwhelming moms with information. Like I know when I was postpartum that I was not sending anyone to the store to go get complex herbs and I didn't have a private chef at home. So it's really designed to be easy and quick, have your partner prepare it for you, have your postpartum doula, your support team, be able to provide these recipes for you postpartum. That's amazing. I can't wait to check some of those out. And that's a great segue because I, I want to dive back in before we, I have so many questions about this book and about, you know, the work that you've been doing, but I want to hear a little bit more about your story as a mom. So let's go back to life before children. So what did life look like before you had any kids? Were you in this world already of dietitian mm -hmm. and consciousness? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And it really kind of is intertwined with, I think, both of those pieces of like how I got here and also my journey as a, a mom, which probably isn't surprising because our, you know, becoming a mom is just so powerful on what we want to do in the world and who we are. Um, so my story is a, a little bit different in that, you know, I had my daughter really young. Um, I was 19 and I was a single mom for seven years. Um, so I was actually still in school. Um, I worked my butt off. I was a single mom in school full time, had my young daughter. Um, but you know, I think single moms are the hardest working people on the planet. And so I, I, you know, was really informed. My journey to becoming a dietitian was so much informed by my own relationship with food. So, um, I specifically wanted to be an eating disorder dietitian because I have been in my own recovery. And so it's just been one of those pieces. My practice is called full circle because I, really feel like our experiences come for full circle to like serve others. So 
it's really about me healing and my own journey. And now having this practice where I really get to serve moms. So, you know, I, I knew that I wanted to be a dietitian and I knew that I specifically wanted to support people recovering from eating disorders and disordered eating. Um, and then I became a mom and I also really cultivated an interest in, you know, how powerful it was of so many of us, unfortunately have disordered eating or eating disorder experiences or, even just live in diet culture. I mean, that's so prominent throughout our world. So none of us really get untouched by it. And, you know, moms are not protected from it. So that period, you know, of pregnancy, I think is really idealized. And then as soon as you have the baby, it's okay, well, when are you going to lose the weight? And there's fixation on body and food and everything you should be doing. So um, I really have that sweet spot of my training as a dietitian and then also my experience as a mom as being able to help support moms during that really vulnerable phase. So I know there's a lot of pieces in there. I hope that answered the question of that's how I got here personally and also brought me to the work that I'm doing and my practice as well. Absolutely. So did you feel like before you became a mom, were you in a pretty healthy spot mentally and physically with your work and with you as a woman before you became a mom when you're speaking of um, healing in your relationship with food? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that I had done, you know, a, a fair amount up until that point. But I think one of the amazing things, again, about being a mother is that it just brings up a whole new layer. And I just remember thinking to myself, and I think now it's validated by my clients' experiences of, oh my goodness, I do not want to pass on this food and body image stuff to my daughter, um, especially having a daughter, right? To any of our kids, but just knowing how inundated our world is with these messages around our bodies and you know our relationships with foods and feeling so passionate about making sure that I was not passing that on and that I was really protecting her from, you know, any of those messages or practices. Absolutely. And so then what did your pregnancy look like? I think it was challenging in, in just, you know, the age and time of my life made it really difficult um, for one. But in terms of my relationship with food, that's one of the pieces that I think is also in my practice a lot is pregnancy is one of those times where it's the only time in a woman's life where it's acceptable to gain weight. That's the message we get. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it kind of can feel like a swing of like, oh, now I have permission to enjoy all these foods that I never let myself have access to. And so there was so much of that. I had done like a, a good amount of healing on my own, but there was definitely a certain amount of preoccupation of, okay, well, what's going to happen after this baby is born? What is my body going to look like? What am I going to feel like? How am I going to get this weight off? Um, and I think that that's something that I found is really common in women that we're not talking about is it's not just being okay with the weight gain and our body shifting during pregnancy. It's having this almost like anticipation and anxiety around well, what am I going to do after and how is that going to feel? So that's a little bit of how it felt for me during that time. And then what about your birth process was... What did you have a challenging birth experience? 
Mm-hmm. No, I'm really grateful to just, you know, now I'm, I'm spent, my daughter is nine and my fiance and I are thinking about growing our family. And it just seems like a million years ago. And I'm like, wow, it was just, it felt so, you know, it was very smooth. I had a doula, I had support during that time. Um, so I had a really great birth experience, which I'm really grateful for. So how long after, cause like you said, you were fairly young when you had your first child. How long after that did you really find this passion to dive into something like postnatal and -hmm. focusing on the dietitian aspect? I know you said you were always kind of, you know, it was in the back burner beforehand, but did you dive into it right away because of things that you were experiencing personally? Mm -hmm. That's a great question too. Yeah, it was something that really um, was pretty prominent right after. It's, I think a lot of us maybe have a, an idea of, you know, what goes on during the birth process, but I really didn't even know that lactation consultants were a thing (laughs) until I was like, Oh, this is hard. And there's actually someone that, you know, helps you through this. And I think a lot of us have that experience. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I already knew that being a dietitian was something that I wanted to do. Um, but it's not one of those roles where you think of that, a dietitian can work specifically with like postpartum women. So that had didn't come till much later, but I would say my interest specifically with like, you know, working with women and working with moms was really inspired by like, wow, there's a lot of challenges that not only came up around my, my body after birth, but also during the breastfeeding process. And now I feel like I'm in a, a place where I can really combine those different interests. Yeah. And you mentioned with the book, it's focused on the fourth trimester, but can we touch quickly on, you know, the the pregnancy journey and how do you feel that plays into the clients that you work with or even yourself, how that felt? Or like you said, if you were to, you know, try to have another child now, mm-hmm. how would you maybe look at that time and make adjustments or not? Mm-hmm. Right. I, they're so connected in that, you know, our experiences we carry with us, I think really throughout and I'm trying to think about your, the last part of the question, if there's anything that I would do differently, which I mean, I think for many of us after having our first child, it's really what I've heard and what I feel is just preparing more for that. Now we call it the fourth trimester because we prepare so much for pregnancy, which was certainly the model I was in, um, you know, nine years ago. And it's like, okay, great. I'm going to have a doula and that's for pregnancy and birth. But, you know, nobody's really talking about, okay, well, who's actually going to, who's going to take care of some of the house tasks, you know, after the baby's born, how are you going to make sure you and your partner get enough sleep? Um, who's going to go grocery shopping and um, all of those different pieces that really come up during the postpartum period. So I think we're collectively doing a better job, at least in the birth field of preparing parents for postpartum, but that's one piece that I feel really passionate about now. And that I talk about in the cookbook is let's have some planning around postpartum and creating that support network for ourselves. So that's one piece that really stands out both for myself and, you know, for other families as well. Yeah. I always, I talk about this often on the podcast and how, you know, we focus so much on a child and this woman just bore a life, bore a child, brought life into this world. And it's such an amazing miracle. But at the same time, the life of a mother has been created that wasn't there before. 
and there is so much focus on how's the baby how big is the baby is the baby healthy and all of this and i i just think it what you're doing is so wonderful and i've spoken about postpartum a couple times and you know it looks like so many different forms depending on what your birth looks like you know right. or even what your pregnancy looks like it can look like it can look different for everybody but i think just that care of what the female is going through after that experience is so interesting. Mm -hmm. I had a question that came up from a listener that I was telling we were going to be chatting. She was very excited. And one thing that kind of came up was you, your body goes through this major trauma, essentially, <laughs> that mm -hmm. it's never experienced before, Absolutely. both the pregnancy and the birth, you know, and then for many women, you're breastfeeding. And so there's so many different body changes and you're often told that you need a lot of extra fat in your milk when you're breastfeeding. And it feels like, this is her words, it feels like for the first eight weeks or 12 weeks, you know, you're just starving constantly and you can never feel full enough. And I've actually heard this from a couple of my friends who are currently pregnant as well. They were just saying, I'm just starving all the time. Like I'm like a bottomless pit. And so I guess specifically focusing on postpartum, what would you say are some healthy alternatives to eat instead of just, you know, doing takeout or something like that? Mm -hmm. Right. You're spot on in the experiences of when after birth, just in and of itself, your energy needs are exponential. I mean, it's a huge recovery process. And I, I talk about some of those energy needs in the book because it's very different if you had, you know, a vaginal delivery versus if you had a cesarean delivery. I mean, think about, you know, tissues and even potential, you know, blood losses, all kinds of different pieces that can impact your delivery and nutrition needs. Um, so, you know, I talk a little bit about that, but in terms of the practicality of what can be helpful, I think that's part of the design of the cookbook. Um, and also, you know, general tips around batch cooking. And, you know, we talk to see a lot of women were getting better about like freezing things and having things made ahead of time. Um, but really allowing the space for some quick and easy options that are going to be really accessible because we know that energy needs and hunger really increase during that time. So um, having some items that are going to be accessible and really nutrient dense um, and ready to prepare are so, so critical. Yeah. This mom specifically mentioned as well, you know, healthy freezer meals. I'm sure in the book, it seems like it, that many of these recipes can be frozen as well. And is that something that you would probably encourage? I would imagine. Absolutely. Yes. And I think it's a great um, part of it too, is to be able to have this hopefully ahead of time, right? So that you're not only thinking about and preparing for postpartum, but so you can tab recipes and, you know, ask your partner, ask your family members, um, just because they're already designed with the certain nutrients that you need um, to be able to create a little bit of community support around it. And I specifically noted in all of my recipes, um, different tips that can either help make it easier to prepare, um, like different shortcuts, what you can freeze, how you can store it, um, what does well with a double batch, because those are all things that I wanted to know as a mom, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, to be able to have those on hand. So I definitely kept that in mind. 
Mamas, I just wanted to take a quick moment to recognize one of my sponsors, Hypnobabies. Hypnobabies is birth hypnosis, how to enjoy your baby's birth in comfort, joy, and love. If you're a soon-to-be mama or know a soon-to-be mama, check out the link in the show notes for Hypnobabies. There's a home study course, there's MP3 tracks, and there's also a few non-birthing tracks as well. How to stop smoking, how to help your toddler sleep, and many, many more. Check out Hypnobabies in the show notes for a 20% off discount, and make sure you use the code PUMPINGPODCAST for a 20% off discount. For more info about Hypnobabies, you can go back and listen to episode 7, where I interviewed the founder and CEO, Carrie Tishoff. She was gracious enough to give my listeners a private code for 20% off. So make sure you use that code pumping podcast. Go check out hypno babies in the show notes. Now back to the show. You know what I just thought of? And like, I hope every mom listening who is, you know, maybe if you're going to have a second, or maybe if you're friends with someone who's going to have a baby, instead of when people say, Oh, you know, I'm going to bring over something or can I make you something? What if you were to actually just say like, sure, how about you make me this beef stew? I have this (laughs) recipe. I'm going to send a picture to you and send it over to you. And I would love if you could do that, that would be like the best gift. Wouldn't that be so great? And just like, yeah, take, take an actual picture or like, you know, photocopy or whatever you want to do, turbo scan, whatever we do these, these days and just send it over to the people. First of all, they don't have to think, Ooh, what would they like? What would be best? What would be healthy? What would be comfy? You know, whatever. And they don't have to think about it. And you know what you're getting. You know that it's great for your body. And you just ask for it. I know that it's very hard for moms during that time to ask for the help. But I want every mom listening to be empowered to do that. How amazing would that be? Absolutely. No, and I I love that idea. And I the hope is to try to, to cultivate that a little bit more of, of asking for help. And also, you know, I think just in my experience and when I talk to other moms, you know, part of the recommendation is to see if you can enlist support, right? So something that's really common um, is like having neighbors or people in your community set up like a meal train. So people dropping off different meals. Um, But something that was really common is so many moms were like, well, they're dropping off these amazing meals, but like, it's like a baked ziti or it's like these like heavy casseroles, which are wonderful. However, you know, moms really need specific things. We need higher protein during that time. We really need more fiber to get things going. We need certain different nutrients. So, you know, if it could be a little bit more specific, like if you were thinking of someone recovering from surgery or someone who's sick, you kind of have certain things in mind of like, oh, like, they, you know, maybe a soup would be great, or you have certain ideas. So this is kind of to nudge it in that direction of like, let's use those meal trains, but let's also think about what is it that moms really need during this time for recovery too. And for those who might have experienced eating disorders or just are overwhelmed by the thought of eating when it comes especially to growing a baby and then postpartum and all of that, you know, we talked a little bit before about how it's just, you feel like this bottomless pit. What do you say to some of your clients that may feel like, what's, is this too much? Like, am I eating too much? My body is still saying it's hungry. How do I know when I should stop? Right. And that's a really, 
more common than I think we know or talk about is that there are so many different experiences that can happen postpartum, not only with our hunger and appetite cues, but also because our hormones are so in flux during that time, right? Um, and then, you know, you think about six weeks and that checkup is usually where many women are also restarting birth control, which is another hormonal piece or their breastfeeding. So there are so many factors that influence our appetite and hunger and, you know, also the stress of a new baby. Some individuals have higher hunger, some have less, some have struggle with their appetite during this time and it can be harder to eat. Um, so I guess regardless of wherever you are on the spectrum, it's really about what I work with clients on is like cultivating that body trust. And ideally, you know, sometimes I'm working with women who are, are not even, you know, their preconception um, and they are recovering and they know it's going to be really hard for me during pregnancy and postpartum because I don't trust my body already. How am I going to do that during this time? So we're already working on some of the intuitive eating pieces that I work with clients on. Um, but I would say that's what, you know, a, a registered dietitian is there for, um, is to be able, if you're having trouble cultivating body trust and trusting your body's cues that, um, working with a dietitian specifically on like intuitive eating, um, is going to help cultivate some of that body trust for you during that time. I know, especially, um, friend of mine who was saying, you know, when she's breastfeeding, for example, I mean, she just feels famished. And in the middle of the night, especially with feedings, she'll have to just keep a bag of nuts or something, you know, by her bed. And I see here some great snack options and recipes for that. Is that, is there anything in the top of your mind that you think, or you always recommend to clients, like do that, have a bag of nuts or have something near you? Mm -hmm. I think of, um, you know, and this depends if you are breast or chest feeding, right. But a lot of times I recommend like having one of those breastfeeding baskets. Um, so that way every single time you're sitting down to nurse, or if you were bottle feeding your baby, whatever, however you're feeding them, you're sitting down and you're taking that 20 or 30 minutes, however long it takes. So kind of having, I had a basket for myself, like downstairs and I had one upstairs and it had my water bottle. It had snacks. It had a book in it. Um, just some of these self-care pieces, just because you're feeding several times throughout the day and you're sitting there for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, I know we all have our phones now, but I would definitely recommend having some snacks in each of those baskets or having them on your nightstand um, that are specifically really high in energy or calories, um, just because I think we just really underestimate and don't appreciate that those needs are so high. And I think for many of us as women, like again, if we're used to dieting or restricting our intake, um, it's pretty unnatural to see how much our body actually needs during that time. I love that idea. And it just made me think like, what a great shower gift. Yes. The baskets. Like, yeah. Go uh -huh. ahead and like make a basket or two for someone for a shower gift and have it pre-prepped with some things, mm -hmm. <gasps> a little water bottle, a yep. nice book that you think they'd like. Ooh, I love file, that. Like I'm a file saving gift. Yes. I mean, come on. Like, of mm -hmm. course, for a shower, you need things for baby, but hello, let's put some things in there for mom. I love I loved my basket. There like I said, there's one downstairs, there's one upstairs, has everything you need in it. <laughs> That's a perfect idea. So I just want to give everyone a little taste of if they want to check out your book. 
what they would kind of get. So Mm -hmm. the first five chapters, and you can interrupt me at any point if you want. The first five chapters here seem to be a little more on the informative side. Chapter one, you talk about postnatal nutrition. Chapter two covers recovery and energy needs. Chapter three is lactation. Chapter four is mental health. Hmm, Such an interesting part. Glad that you included that. Chapter five, dieting postpartum, which I'd love for you to circle back and maybe just touch on that. And then chapter six, seven, and eight are all recipes. Oh my gosh. So chapter six is all breakfast stuff that sounds so amazing. Like sweet potato breakfast bowl. I have sweet potatoes in ground turkey every day anyway. So Mm. I know I'll like that one. Peanut butter cup smoothie. Yes, please. Chapter seven is lunch and dinner. Things like African peanut stew. Oh my gosh. Garbanzo bean salad. Um, what else do we have? Postpartum power bowl, avocado egg salad. Love this. And then chapter eight, snacks and sides like garlic hummus, chia pudding, um, stuffed dates. Oh my gosh. I got to stay away from dates. I love them so much. <laughs> so that just gives everybody a little taste of, you know, what you would kind of see in the book. And I'm just curious, chapter five, dieting postpartum. What does that touch on? Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds a little misleading. I'm sure as you were looking through and as we're talking, right. dieting, we just, we just talked about this. So right. it's essentially talking about, you know, the risk of dieting postpartum, um, AKA don't do it. So, <laughs> and I felt like it was so important to put in there because if you do a, a quick search of like postpartum diet, which diet meaning, you know, what to eat during postpartum, it pretty much all references weight loss. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's kind of the framework of postpartum weight loss and what can you eat to lose weight during postpartum, which is is not the direction um, that is supportive for women or that, you know, I use in my practice at all. So it really just helps provide um, more of the science and the reasonings behind why that can actually be really dangerous, um, regardless of your breast or chest feeding or, or not during that time. And you also say how I love that for that framework. And you mentioned as far as the book goes, that this is prioritizing the foundation of whole food so and eating healthy for recovering mothers and the nutrients that we never talk about that are so important for postpartum, such as iron, protein, vitamin D, and omega-3. You know, I, I wanted to ask this question too, because as many of you, if you don't already know, I'm not yet a mom. I'm a, I like to call myself a mama in training, but I'm very physically active. I go to the gym a lot. I'm very conscious of my food, especially because I'm trying to go off some medication that I'm on. So I try to keep my body as healthy as I can from the inside. And I know, and I've heard and read a lot that, you know, eating the healthy fats, the avocados and those sort of things, even something like a date, you know, has a lot of sugar, but it's a healthier fat that you're eating. Is that something that you would kind of recommend that moms focus on during postpartum to sort of have that sense of filling up? Or is there, is it the frequency of eating? Is it the water consumption or is it all of it? All of the above. Yes. Yeah. And it's a great question. Um, You know, being a, I call myself like 
in the field of dietitians, there's dietitians and then there's specifically eating disorder dietitians because working with eating disorders is such a specialty. Um, and I really work from a framework of you know, what's called the non-diet approach, which is that I will never recommend diets. They're harmful. And, you know, I never encourage um, weight loss. I'm what we call weight neutral, which means sometimes our bodies do shift. So they it decreases, sometimes it increases, um, but it's about honoring our body's genetic blueprint and where our body wants to be and not manipulating it one way or the other. So when it comes to, you know, focusing on healthy or unhealthy, I tend to stay away from those terms and I, healthy can mean so many different things. And I talk about that in the cookbook and finding out, you know, what healthy really means to you. Um, and for many people, especially in, in postpartum, healthy might mean prioritizing sleep and rest and self-care. And that might mean that maybe you're having more frozen or pre-prepared meals because that's the only way you're going to get food in. Um, and so not having it be a barrier. And this is more common than I think we know. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of what we call healthism, um, which, you know, it's wonderful, of course, to focus on nutrition, but not having it be to the point where moms aren't eating enough because they're so concerned about it not being the right thing or not being nutritious enough. Um, when more so we should really focus and encourage making sure that they're getting enough nutrition overall, because I don't think people understand how hard it is to make sure you're eating enough during that time. I mean, you are so tired. There is no time to cook. Um, your hormones are chaotic. Um, so, you know, that's a little bit about how I would approach. And I, I definitely talk about how to prioritize, you know, things that are nutrient dense in the cookbook too, because I certainly, of course, care about nutrition and want to support that. I just want to make sure that moms are also taking care of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. We need to kind of abolish some of these mindsets around all of this healthy eating dieting i just hate the word diet i mean the way that i eat i i just call it it's my way of eating it's not a mm -hmm. diet it's it's my way of eating because it's right. intentionally not going to stop you know mm -hmm. and it's always so interesting to me too not related to pregnancy but i'm sure that it would connect is so many times when we think of dieting the common i'll just say common person probably more on the female side but common person in general thinks that the less they eat you know the thinner they'll get when you're talking about weight or something but it's actually that you need to continue to feed your body right more frequently and i find that when i eat more frequently every 2 to 3 hours the correct food my body runs like a machine and subsequently i end up losing weight or i should say feeling fitter feeling tighter um but that's not the ultimate goal but i feel like my body just runs so much more smoothly and um so things like that i love your idea of not talking about it in a weight loss form and all of that because all that negativity is is so not healthy for moms and um i love what you're doing i think it's really important and like we touched on before there's not enough information or support for women out there in this fourth trimester. So it's really amazing. If, of course, I recommend people check out this book that just came out December 29th, the postnatal cookbook. I'll have all the links in the show notes. And other than the book, if people wanted to work with you one-on-one, -on -one, what does that look like and how could they do that? 
Right. So I work with individuals really in two ways. I primarily work with, um, with women and I do both the nutrition counseling, um, primarily for individuals who are either in recovery from an eating disorder or they're, you know, we kind of call it a spectrum, right? Sometimes it's not full-blown eating disorder, it's disordered eating, or it's, I've been dieting since I was 10, um, or it's, I just became a new mom and I'm noticing that I'm feeling really anxious about my weight or my eating is really um, affecting me. So really anything along that spectrum in terms of nutrition is part of the nutrition counseling. And then I also, um, being an IBCLC, I provide virtual lactation consultations as well. Um, and many in individuals, many of my clients really do kind of a combination of both, which I think is part of why I wanted to have both of them because there is so much overlap. You can be postpartum and wanting to, you know, work on your relationship with food and also be breastfeeding your baby and want to support your milk supply. Or what's really common now is having, you know, your baby having food allergies and wondering if it's something that could be in your breast milk. And so taking a look at your diet and making sure that, you know, it's not too restrictive and that you're still getting your nutrition needs really met. So that's kind of the spectrum of which I work on, um, both as a dietitian and lactation consultant. I try to combine them together. I love that. I'm going to have all the information in the show notes so that you can connect with Jaren if you'd like. Definitely check out her new book, The Postnatal Cookbook. I'm so excited to get it and try some of these recipes. Um, all the links will be in the show notes. Full Circle is her company. And I'm just so excited that you were here. It was really wonderful to talk to you and hear about this. And I think it's just so important. And I encourage moms out there to just keep trusting yourself, I think, and trusting your body and listening to your body first. Mm -hmm. As we wrap up, I'd love to ask you, even though she's nine years old, so she's a little bit older, what is something that you would like to tell your daughter now for when she's 18? Oh, I love that. Do you do this at the end of all of your shows? This is so great. <laughs> um, and it kind of works perfectly, especially, you know, as you think she's going to be going into that teen year and, you know, not too far away from when you had her and oh my so goodness. much, so much there. Absolutely. Yes. And I just, you know, it's such an age where I think about this quite often. And I think the one thing that I really want her to know as she comes into adulthood is just um, really it's okay to be herself, which I think we hear and say so much, but as a parent, as you go along your parenting journey, it becomes hard. It's difficult for us not to project our own desires and thoughts and feelings. And my daughter is so different than I am. And I love and appreciate that about her so much. And I hope that, um, you know, she just is able to maintain that because I think we are all vulnerable as we grow up to, you know, working with other people's thoughts and feelings and their perspectives of us, but that she's just able to maintain her sense of self. That's probably the most important. She wants rainbow hair. If she wants rainbow hair, go get rainbow hair. That's okay with me. <laughs> exactly. As long as it's a good, you know, sensible, smart decision and it's not going to harm her, then go for it. Yes. <laughs> get that rainbow hair. Absolutely. I love that. If you're looking to connect with Jaren, please go check out the links in the show notes. Her book, The Postnatal Cookbook, is so fabulous. I'm so grateful that you were here. Thank you so much for taking the time. And mamas, 
Go get some healthy recipes for you. It's about time. And get some other people to cook them for you. I think that would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, this is our new idea. We're, we're going to coin it. Somewhere. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jaren. Thank you. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms. And I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, take a minute on Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and make sure you review so other mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. Some fun news for you. We have a private mama network for support and community of mamas. If you'd like to join, email info at thepumpingpodcast.com. Also, if you'd like to be a guest and share your journey into motherhood, email interviews at thepumpingpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at The Pumping Podcast. And for any other questions or to connect, check out thepumpingpodcast.com. Thank you so much for spending some of your day with me. You light me up and inspire me. And share the podcast with a mama or future mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping. <laughs>